Hi, my name's Lou, and today I'm going to be reading the internet for you. Why? Well, why not? And today's what is going to be a delightful, as always, the internet provides nothing but delights, a delightful forum by the name of bluelight.ru. And bluelight.ru is a forum where people can get together and talk about drugs. Um, what kind of drugs? Well, basically any type of drug that you can do is talked about at Blue Light. So today we're going to go back and discuss one of my personal favorite things to read, and that is trip reports. And trip reports, of course, are when people do a drug and then they come back from their experience and write a report about it. And there's a huge uh, subforum of trip reports, and I'm going to start reading those for you today. And not one particular drug, but a number of different drugs. So let's begin with the bluelight.ru forums. The first post I'll be reading for you is in the forum Blue Light, subforum Drug Discussion, subforum Trip Reports, in a thread entitled Air Duster, First Time Inhalants Are Dangerous, Use With Caution, by user Peace Love Dope. And it goes like this. First of all, I would like to state that prolonged use of inhalants can lead to serious neurological damage and other health problems. I would strongly advise you to avoid them. But if you're like me and curiosity gets the best of you, please be careful. Well, around the time I got into altering my state of consciousness, I came across this thing on Arrowhead that said, Our understanding of the literature is that there is no such thing as safe use of the most volatile solvents, aerosols, or other street inhalants. Their psychoactive effects may be inseparable from nerve and organ damage. After seeing that, and hearing stories about people seriously hurting themselves, ruining their lives, and becoming mentally retarded from huffing things such as spray paint and computer duster, I decided not to touch inhalants. Well, now let's flash forward a little bit. It's the present day, and I love nitrous oxide. I know to use it in moderation because of B12 depletion and Mary Prankster's story. But needless to say, it is amazing. Well, it was the weekend, and I had indulged in some nitrous use and enjoyed it greatly. Someone started telling me about Air Duster and how it apparently felt similar to nitrous. Similar to N2O, you say? Sounds intriguing. However, I remember that warning from Arrowhead and decided to stay the fuck away from it like I had been doing. A few days later, I was in my house thinking about that last whippet I did, when suddenly I spot Computer Duster. Being really bored and missing nitrous, I decided, ah, oh, what the hell, why not? So I put the can in my mouth and inhale. Nothing. Do it again and... Holy shit, this is kind of like nitrous. My head was heavy, I felt good. I felt myself slowly drifting into a peaceful blackout. But then I started coming down. Well, I'll hit it again. But this is it. Inhale deeply, inhale again, and again, and again, and again, feeling really good, drifting away into unconsciousness, strange visuals appearing on things, sound amplified, auditory hallucinations stumbling around, and now coming down again. Fuck it. But this time, I'm done. Same as before, feeling great, coming down. <sighs> I'll hit it again. Repeat about four times. Coming down, I'll hit it again. No, no you won't. Stop huffing this shit, you dumbass. Ah, sweet willpower finally came through, and I finally put the can down and left it. It wasn't even empty. I thought to myself, I like this feeling, I like it a lot, but this shit is terrible for you. Why do all the good things have to be so bad? So how similar is it to nitrous? Well, I'll say the sedation is there, and even a little bit stronger. Visuals, similar. Voice, deeper. Lack of coordination, more pronounced. Euphoria, well, it's there, but it's just a different kind than nitrous. I don't really know how to describe it. Fiending, most definitely there. Thought process, way, way, way different. 
I consider nitrous to be a very useful tool for mind expansion and spiritual and personal development, especially when combined with psychedelics. When I inhale nitrous, it alters my state of thinking. It does not impair it. Duster, on the other hand, stops all thinking. The only thing going through your head is, whoa, man, everything is all slow. I cannot imagine it being used for any other purpose than getting totally fucked up, man. Getting totally fucked up, man. Now that my curiosity has been satisfied, I will hopefully never touch Duster again. Before I ever smoked a cigarette, I had been curious about the effects of nicotine despite the obvious health problems that come along with smoking. I smoked a cigarette, got slightly buzzed, and thought, this is pointless. Weed is way better. And never smoked one again. Hopefully, it will be that way with Duster. But one thing is, unlike nicotine, I really liked it. So I know that it will be much more difficult to avoid it. Oh, and by the way, this only happened a few hours ago. I also stole some of my mother's hydrocodone while under the influence, which I am now on. Look, I love you guys. So that's why I put this report up here. I would highly recommend not to do air duster. I love you so much. So peace and stay safe. Trainwreck Molly replies, I did duster once back in 10th grade. There were four of us there. I was the third to hit the bottle of duster. I was standing up, hit the bottle, fell over, and fell in the water. Luckily, one guy had not done it yet and was able to get my head out of the water and prevent me from drowning. If I had gone last, I might actually be dead right now. Never again. Big Sherm 7272 replies, I was huffing this shit while driving and ended up plowing into a tree at 50 miles an hour. Shattered my hip, couldn't walk for months, had weird visual distortions in the dark at the hospital, body just felt completely fucked. So yeah, never again. I value my life slash brain too much to be fucking with that shit. Good report though. It's a super fiendish drug. Once you pop, the fun don't stop. Tunnel Fission replies, The kids, just younger fellas, who I used to get supplied from, caps, LSD, mushrooms, all ended up going way deeper than me with the substance abuse. Around the time they started breaking into outdoor air conditioners and stealing the Freon and putting it in garbage bags to huff in groups, I stopped chilling with them and found some older, more level-headed connections. In a video they made, one kid just hit the ground, drooled and convulsed, then snapped back into it and said, I thought we were playing baseball. Freaked me right out that they chased this high. Quasi Stoned replies, Erm, I've used Duster before, on maybe two or three occasions. I don't condone its usage at all, but I will try to relate my experience and the nasty after effects. I was hanging out with three other people, two of whom I did not know very well, and it was their idea to get the Duster. My buddy Jay and I just sort of went along with it. So my friend Jay was driving, and I had the sense not to touch the stuff until we parked somewhere. The other two people were in the car, passing the can back and forth and laughing hysterically. When they passed the can, I took it and grinned, excited to try something new. I put the nozzle in my mouth, squeezed the trigger, and took a huge lungful. The stuff sort of burns your lungs, and it just feels weird. That was the first sensation that I noticed. Then the effects hit very suddenly and intensely. I think I said, Whoa, in a super deep devil-sounding voice, and then started to laugh. Suddenly, I was looking out at the world through tunnel vision, feeling my body getting very heavy and experiencing auditory hallucinations, similar to nitrous in that effect. Next thing I know, we were like half a mile down the road, and I was apparently just drooling on myself and experiencing mild hallucinations for the past minute. I used it several more times that day and found it to be very disassociating. I would basically enter a state of sensory deprivation and think I was out and about doing something with a completely different group of people, driving around in a car, standing around, talking, etc., the effects were interesting to someone who finds disassociative states interesting. I know I do. 
but probably a lot less magical than true disassociation. When it was all over with, I went home feeling somewhat hungover. Then I noticed a strong tingling sensation that ran through my limbs and into all of my extremities. This tingling was very profound for the first hour or two, then slowly faded. I think that tingling sensation was all that I needed to suspect that stuff was probably very bad for you. I repeated the experience a few more times, but eventually lost interest in it, feeling that it had a lot of potential health risks. And the next thread is in the Trip Report subform, in a thread started by XXKCXX, in a thread she entitled 2C-E inexperienced, I didn't know it was actually like this. I'm a 22-year-old female who has a lot of experience with street drugs and pharmaceuticals, but none with psychedelics. I have been taking 100 milligrams of Zoloft daily for approximately the past eight months. Other than this, I had not done any drugs in approximately two weeks. I acquired 62.5 milligrams of 2C-E. I did not have a milligram scale, so I eyeballed my doses. 11 p.m. I, ins I insufflated... 11 p.m., I insulfated approximately 4 milligrams of powdered 2C-E. The powder burned, but not as bad as I had heard it would. 11.10 p.m., the only effect I was feeling so far was shakiness through my body, especially noticeable in my hands. No effects were felt, so I insufflated approximately 3 milligrams more. Things began to move slightly, so I made my way into the bedroom and turned on some music. I chatted with a few friends online who were e-trip sitting for me. Now, I would recommend if you're going to do drugs, if you're going to have a trip sitter, someone who's there to make sure that you don't hurt yourself, it's better to have them there in person than to have them online. That's just a, I think that makes more sense. Anyway, back to the trip report. 11.50 p.m. Colors were getting slightly brighter, and I was finding things funnier than usual. Strangely, I was feeling hungry. I still felt like I was supposed to be getting more out of this trip, though, so I insufflated another 2 milligrams. 1.05 a.m. I was very frustrated at how the trip was going, so I decided I was going to take some more. The junkie in me took over, and I foolishly dipped my bus card into the powder and scooped out approximately 15 milligrams onto a book. I insufflated it. The burn was terrible, and the effects hit me almost immediately. As tears streamed down my face from the pain, I was waving my hand back and forth over my face to fan myself. The trails that were forming from this movement were intense. I looked over at my bedroom door, and the wood was swirling. At this point, I started to panic a bit. I was concerned that my recklessness had caused me to take an overdose. My mind went into overdrive, thinking I would never come out of the trip. I called one of the friends I was talking to online, and he attempted to calm me down. I couldn't really find my voice, but just hearing him and knowing that I was still coherent mentally made me feel better. I calmed down enough that I was able to hang up and go back to chatting on AIM. I turned off the light and sat cross-legged on my bed with my computer on my lap. There was a mirror in front of me. As I looked at myself in the mirror, which is always a bad idea on drugs, my face became outlined in glowing green lines. The lines soon morphed into the face of Buddha. The entire room became a light lavender, and on either side of my head was a glowing sphinx. I heard mayonnaise by the Smashing Pumpkins playing, but going back and looking at the radio station playlist at this time, that song was not actually playing. Having never experienced psychedelics, I honestly thought that the psychedelic art I had seen was more creative interpretation than reality of experience. Unfortunately, I was too scared to let myself fully explore the vision, and I kept pulling my eyes into focus by looking back down at my laptop so I could be back on Earth again. I called the same friend I had before, and he once again assured me that I was in control of my experience. When we hung up, I decided I would try to fully embrace what was happening. For the next three hours, I chatted online, watched some trippy YouTube videos, and listened to the radio while enjoying the visuals. 
There were peach and purple mountains in front of me. My ceiling fan was tie-dyed and the colors in my room kept getting darker and lighter as though the sun was rising and setting in my windowless space. The one thing I was really missing from this trip was any introspection. Although I was seeing intense visuals, my mind seemed to be functioning completely normal. I was very aware of the synthetic nature of this chemical. Around 4 a.m., the visuals were dying down, so I decided I was going to try to spend some time just thinking, and signed offline. I got up to go to the bathroom and was surprised that this was shockingly painful. My joints were so sore it felt like bone rubbing on bone. I had to step very carefully to avoid putting too much pressure on my knees too fast. Then I laid back down. I was still having slight visuals, but they weren't colorful ones. The red numbers on my digital clock mesmerized me. And then when I looked in the mirror, my skin was still morphing. I was quite anxious, and the muscle tension I didn't notice during the trip became apparent. I was constantly flexing my legs and feet, but though my upper body seemed okay, I was very cold and had to get an extra blanket. At 8.30 a.m., I still hadn't been to bed, but I got up to take a shower. When I stared at the water dripping down the wall, I sort of started to trip again, but only slightly. By the time I got out of the shower at 9 a.m., I did not notice any other visuals. Overall, I was pretty surprised by the world of psychedelics. I honestly didn't realize that they were that intense. I suppose I enjoyed it, but it was very different for me since my drugs of choice are downers like heroin and benzos. It was nice that there was no hangover the next day. Although I stayed up all night, I ended up going to bed at 7 p.m. the next day and sleeping for 15 hours. That is to be expected, though. Since I still have approximately half of my powder left, I will definitely be trying 2C-E again, though I'm thinking of seeing how it will differ when taken orally. In another trip report, Bicoma writes in a thread he started called Meth Snorted First Time Slash What It's Really Like. Hey there. Yesterday, my girlfriend and I were sold 3.5 grams of methamphetamine instead of what we were looking for, cocaine. Rather than cutting our losses at $140 lost, we decided to try it just once after doing some preliminary research. Fuck, am I really going to try meth? All I can say is, wow. We started with a bump and ended up snorting two lines. Within five minutes, it felt like a slow amphetamine come up. No rush sensation or anything crazy. Things just felt clear and understood. After about 10 minutes, we went downstairs and just took in the environment. We both have experience with psychedelics, although for the most part, our tripping phases in our past. The way things looked and felt was almost like they would in the middle of an acid trip, except without the creative hallucinations. Things began to bleed at the edges a bit as they do on mushrooms. Within 15 to 20 minutes, it felt like a combination of cocaine and LSD. I'm a naturally confident person. My thinking was on absolute fire. I felt like my train of thought was genius. I was experiencing something along the lines of Godhead. Inspirational quotes and motivational thinking was flooding my consciousness. We moved outside and smoked a few cigarettes. It was straight out of an LSD or mushroom experience. The sun was so overwhelmingly bright and huge. Everything was in high def, super crystal clear. And my eyesight was surreal. Everything was so beautiful. The air was crystal. The psychedelic part of this came down before the rest, but it wasn't anything unbearable. No harsh reactions or anything I would have originally thought when I'm thinking about meth. Cindy Syrup replies, Stay away. Far, far, far away. The high that is experienced from meth can only be matched by the insanity it causes just as often. That is the best way to destroy yourself. Please, for yourself and your girlfriend's sake, find something else to play with. Lord replies, I've eaten dextroamphetamine and had a much milder but similar reaction. It may be due to my marijuana abuse, but I also experienced mild psychedelic effects. I had a pretty hard time speaking coherently, 
but thoughts were like cutting into each other and blocking each other off from being expressed. And also, I kept going on loopy tangents about social anxiety. Trees seemed to be full of life and energy, and visually it was like being a kid again, having things strongly defined by their color and shape. And people's faces looked like alien faces. Everything was really 3D. But like I said, I was still getting residual effects of increased 3D visions and exaggerated forms, but this made it stronger. I've never taken a truly high dose, so I only got a minor buzz and some chills. I was disappointed, but I'm sure you can get great effects from the right dose. Really, it just seemed like the weed's brain damage caused <laughs> really just seemed like the weed's brain damage slash changes caused most of the effects. I've gotten melting slash bleeding edges and crystal air from great bud, but that didn't carry over into long-term effects or the dex experience, although I did get some slight wavy distortions from the sleep deprivation that came with the experience. A bit like diphenhydramine, or just being very sleep-deprived. Shortly before I slept, I looked at my palms and saw all the ridges. It scared me for a moment because I had forgotten that they're supposed to be like that. It's no secret that meth is very harmful and addictive. Sounds like a worthy trip if you can stay away from it in the future. Brain damage, especially psychosis, is something to watch out for when using meth. In a new thread, Crazy Nate started a thread entitled Heroin. As I'm sitting here about to type this, all the texts and conversations of my closest and disappointed slash upset friends over the past 12 hours are buzzing through my mind on top of the pukey opiate sickness in my stomach, which has gotten a little better. This is my first experience chasing the dragon. Last night I called a good friend of mine to see what he was doing, and he replied, Looking for that man. I knew what he meant, and we'd talked about me trying it a couple of times before. I had the money and wanted to go do it, so I told him I'd be over in 30 minutes. We got $100 worth of tar, and we split that. We first smoked a dose each off of some foil, and it only gave me a taste of the effects and made me pretty heavy. We then proceeded to get some syringes. I was down to try shooting, if only... <laughs> what the fuck... That was pretty fast. Okay. We then proceeded to get some syringes. I was down to try shooting it if we could stay at his house, but that didn't work out. And I also wanted to snort it first. I got back to my house and had about two and a half doses left. After the house became quiet around 11.30, I put a little more than a dose in a bottle cap, added a very small amount of water, and let it dissolve for about a minute. While waiting, my best friend called and I couldn't keep a secret what I was about to do. And as I expected, he wasn't happy about it. He tried to talk me out of it, but I realized it was too late. I told him I'd call him back, then hung up, grabbed my straw, and fed my nose some tar water. This method of administration is very easy, I might add. After a cigarette and getting up to get a cup of OJ, I began to notice a warm, very tingly sensation starting to walk up my body. I lied on my bed, listening to the Lateralist album by Tool, and let the drug take over. After that, I played guitar to Tool, which was awesome but mostly just lay down and relaxed. Nodding was pretty crazy. I was very much awake, but at the same time, could not keep my eyes open and had some pretty wild visuals. Not like LSD, shrooms, or DMT. It was its own world. Today, I started the rest of it at the end of first period and had a very relaxed day at school, with my eyes closed 75% of the time. But then the sickness came in fifth period. I've been sick on opiates before and it's horrible. It's mainly why they aren't my DOC, drug of choice, obviously. This was about four hours after I snorted in the morning, and for the rest of the school day, I was in a very crummy mood, and all I wanted to do was sleep. In conclusion, I can definitely see how powerfully addicting this drug is, because when I came down and felt sick, I really wished I had more, and if there were some in front of me, I'd have done it in a heartbeat. Thankfully, all my friends have agreed to kick my ass if I touch it again. Ha! I'm not trying to scare you away from heroin. It's an amazing drug, and I very much enjoyed the feeling. Just be prepared to take that step. Crazy Nate writes again, Whoa, I just dozed off for a good couple of minutes and heard some scary voices talking to me. 
In yet another drug trip report, Toxic Ferret writes in a thread he entitled, Baclofen, inexperienced, 20 hours. A bit of background. I've done shrooms, smoked pot, done coke and oxy and Vicodin, had Ambien, Adderall, etc. I've had a decent amount of experience with benzos as well as alcohol. Balcofen has been compared to GHB, and I have never had a chance to try that. So after school on Tuesday, I headed over to one of my friend's houses with some other drug users to have a bunch of cigarettes and plan the weekend's exploits. One of the girls that came with us is a paraplegic, and she is prescribed these Baclofen muscle relaxers that she never takes for some reason. She offered us some, since she had about 45 on hand. My friend Andy took three, Dom had three, I had four, and Alex had two, since we were all pretty bored. I had tried one before and found it had very little effect on me at such a low dose, so I decided to go all out. My girlfriend showed up, and we chilled for a while there and smoked a pack between the group of us. The drug began to come on as I left to walk my girlfriend to the subway. This was 15 minutes or, or slightly more after ingestion. It is important to note I had eaten very little this day. I didn't feel the drug so much as a bloated feeling in my gut. It was quite unpleasant and made walking painful. After taking the elevator up to the balcony to meet the others, I found them eating pixie sticks and joking around about coke. Somebody suggested we snort some balcofen as well, though nobody remembers who. We were all loose enough now to think this was a terrific idea. We crushed up... We crushed... <laughs> we crushed four tablets and made around ten lines. We took turns snorting them, and then about ten minutes after the oral doses and the insufflated doses hit almost at the same time. All of a sudden, we all started clowning around and laughing and being rather stupid. The world began to spin, and it became nearly impossible to keep my eyes fixed on any one spot. We took turns on the treadmill in the room next to the balcony, and ended up all trying to run while most plastered on the fastest setting. After grooving with that for a while, it was time for me to go to guitar class. This is where I realized I might have a problem. I was slurring madly, and I couldn't stand too well. It reminded me of my Xanax binges in that there was almost no nausea associated with the intoxication, unlike alcohol. I feel that baclofen may be euphoric, but it also reminds me a bit of a dirty drug, like, like diphenhydramine. More on that later. Anyway, so I made it to guitar class and somehow managed not to fall out of my chair or otherwise embarrass myself. I got a ride home from guitar to a sandwich place and then to my dance class from my ma. I discovered how much fun it is to listen to music on baclofen on the way. Tapping out the drum parts pretty wildly, I've been drumming for a bit over a year. I was having a damn good time. At dance, I was much more sociable than I am usually. I'm rather an extrovert, but I was being completely ridiculous. I still couldn't focus my eyes on anything and had trouble standing steadily, but movement was no problem. I invited two of the girls to the party I had planned with my other friends for the weekend and eventually lurched my way back out to the car. Here's where the dirty aspect of the drug came in. I got tired. And seriously, staying awake when you're tired on baclofen is not only nearly impossible, it is unpleasant as hell. I felt like I was on a high dose of a deliriant. I ended up passing out once on the phone and twice in various places around the house before I decided to forget the homework and just sleep. I passed out for a final time in front of my computer. My ma took out the dogs at four in the next morning and I woke up and literally crawled into bed. I had a real problem now because it was still working. Over 12 hours later, I still couldn't focus my eyes on anything. My field of vision kept moving, and my sense of balance was fuckered. The effects were diminished, but they were still very much there. This lasted to around noon, a full 20 hours after taking the baclofen. To summarize, do not take baclofen recreationally if you have somewhere to be for almost a full 24 hours afterwards. If you do take it when you have enough time, fall asleep when you get tired or however long you need to be asleep. Aside from the length and sleepiness, it's actually quite a fun drug, perhaps not in such a large quantity. Don't snort it. It tastes like ass. I think the quantity is the issue there.
Trammy Sosa replies, I have taken Baclofen twice, and it relaxes your body definitely. It doesn't do much for you mentally. In the pill book I got, it says euphoria, feeling high, is a possible side effect. I took 20 milligrams once and fell asleep an hour after I popped because I was tired anyway. And this last time I took them because last night I actually took 20 milligrams with 150 milligram tramadol and then 70 minutes later took 100 milligram diphenhydramine because I was ready for bed but didn't or couldn't fall asleep. I was feeling kind of good though because diphenhydramine definitely affects the brain 100% and not the body. About two hours later I really needed to get some sleep so I popped 20 milligrams more of baclofen and finally 20 minutes later I passed out and I slept interruption free and comfortable for eight hours. I've never sniffed them, but I hear you can sniff muscle relaxers. I wouldn't recommend it, though. Just pop it or chew it up and grind it into powder and mix it in a drink so it will hit you quicker if you're an impatient person. I really want to try some Soma eventually. I heard those are good and out of your system in six hours. That's the shit Corey Haim was addicted to. J. Lee P. 1990 replies, Good to find this. My boyfriend just got prescribed baclofen and keeps offering me some to make up for hogging a bunch of 30 milligram morphines, which don't do shit for him, by the way. I know I'm being a little selfish because he has legitimate problems, but he doesn't have to use his problems as an excuse to eat a bunch of pills and not even offer me one. A couple of times he did it behind my back. By the way, by the way, Trammy, somas are all right. You'd probably have to eat a bunch of them to get any kind of good effect. I really didn't get that much out of it. They knock my BF out, though. Later, Gators. And moving on, we go to a new thread by GungHo510 in a thread entitled Mushrooms, First Time, Very Bad Mushroom Trip. To give you a little background of my previous drug experience, I had smoked a ridiculous amount of weed, rolled once, and smoked salvia various times. None of these drugs could have prepared me for my first mushroom trip. My buddy and I picked up a quarter ounce of very potent shrooms. According to my dealer, they were the strongest he'd ever had. We smoked several bowls of dro, and thus began our journey. So my friend and I went to a quiet, trippy pine grove in some, on some country land and divided up the bag. I had about five or six smaller mushrooms, along with a giant tumor-looking one. They tasted horrible, and we didn't have anything to wash it down. In retrospect, I think I ate far more of the bag than he did, but I really don't remember. Estimate between four and a half grams. Immediately after we finished eating, my dad calls me and is pissed that I left the house because I'd promised I'd stay home today. I didn't have my car, so he told me he'd have my friend drop me off at a Burger King. What? Okay. I didn't have my car, so he told me to have my friend drop me off at Burger King in 20. I met him there, and at this point, I felt a little bit higher than before but didn't notice anything out of the ordinary. My dad dragged me and my siblings around town for about half an hour, and toward the end of the errands, I noticed my brother's hair starting to warp and change colors. In addition to that, I felt an overwhelming paranoia take over my body. We arrived home, and I felt fucked out of my mind. My dad told me I was helping him cook hamburgers, and I told him there was no way that that was happening. I went into the basement to try to relax, and my cousin was playing a heavy metal song in Guitar Hero. Even though I love metal, it was scaring the shit out of me. <laughs> I grabbed my cousin's arm and said, You are my last portal to reality. He told me I should go take a shower and try to calm down. I stumbled upstairs to our double bathroom and started to undress. As I took off my shirt, I noticed a ripple in my abdomen. I touched it and my skin stuck to my fingers and melted off. <laughs> okay. As I took off my shirt, I noticed a ripple in my abdomen. I touched it and my skin stuck to my fingers and melted off, exposing my intestines. This was the visual that set me off spiraling into insanity. I was extremely nauseous and sat down on the breathing oscillating toilet. After getting something out, I flushed the <laughs> After getting something out, I flushed the toilet and it overflowed. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay. 
I flushed the toilet and it overflowed and started leaking shit water all over the bathroom. I started experiencing horrifying breathing and growling auditory hallucinations, and the walls started to bend and wave. I climbed in the shower to escape the flooded bathroom and turned it on. The water looked like it melted off strips of my skin, so I stepped out into the bathroom in front of the mirror, and right before my eyes, my face melted off. I grabbed my belt from the floor and started to... Shut <laughs> this is retarded. I grabbed my belt from the floor, and it started to morph into the body of a snake. At this point, I started to believe I was dying. My dad came upstairs to see what all the commotion was, and I was sitting on my bed completely naked. He asked me what was going on. I told him I ate a bunch of mushrooms and was freaking the fuck out. Dad said, What do you want me to do? me. What do I want to do? I want to go to the fucking hospital so I don't die. To wrap up the rest of the story more concisely, I had to drink a bottle of melting charcoal and was stuck with over eight needles, all while tripping balls. That weekend, I scared the shit out of myself and my family and had a hefty hospital bill which I have to pay for myself. I apologize for the length. It was such a traumatizing experience that I've remembered every detailed word for word. Listening replies. I read your whole trip report. Sounds pretty traumatic. But the above quote at the beginning is all that you really needed. This is your first time trying a psychedelic drug. You ate a seriously high dose. Then you realize that you had promised your dad you had to be with him for the day? Hun, mm-mm-mm. Not trying to make you feel worse. I'm sure you learned your lesson well. But this was seriously irresponsible behavior. Hopefully your story is a lesson for others. These drugs are not toys. Either you have the time, space, environment, privacy to do them, or you don't. You clearly didn't and shouldn't have eaten them because of that. Sorry you had a bad trip. Hopefully you'll try it again one day and have a good one. Gung-Ho replies again. In retrospect, I realize this was an incredibly stupid idea, with a terrible set setting. Any other day would have been a great experience. I actually have tried shrooms again since then, in the company of close friends, and had a wonderful time. I'm not letting one bad experience scar me forever. I'm just going to have to learn from it. That is the moral of the story, people. Don't let your terrible drug experiences stop you from trying the drugs again. What I wanted to hear about was how the friend did after taking a ton of mushrooms by himself. Now, I guess that guy didn't feel like writing a trip report. And on the opposite side of the mushroom experience pendulum, Trip 2 writes in a thread he entitled, Mushrooms, fairly experienced, my most profound experience. Being excited about an upcoming mushroom experience, I was getting myself into the mood by reading some trip reports and thought, what the hell, I will share my most personally profound trip with whoever cares to read this. There may be something beneficial here or that you can relate to. If so, please let me know. To this day, this is my most humbling experience. The lead up is not too important. A quarter of B plus or Ecuadorian strain mushrooms and about 80 milligrams of MDMA to go with. The dose of MDMA was so light that I do not think of this as a true hippie flip. My girlfriend and I were at her apartment tripping together with friends one evening. It was relatively late, left on a mission to go get cigarettes. Pink Floyd Diversion Bell was playing and we were in the living room. Out of utter contentment and euphoria, I laid down on the carpet on my front and closed my eyes. I was quickly met with the expected swirling color explosions matching the spectacular Floyd songs behind me. At this point, something became different than normal trips. I began to visualize a very simple merry-go-round type thing spinning slowly in front of me. I felt inclined to step from the safe place where I was standing and to let this merry-go-round thing take me on its way. I remember tentatively trying to step on it and feeling me lose myself, lose I or a sense of me. So apprehensively, I looked at this thing in my mind spinning in front of me, and I was afraid if I got on it, I would lose me, my ego, die from the experience. Finally, as high hopes began thundering on the stereo in the background, I let go and stepped on the moving merry-go-round object. Immediately, I experienced profound ego loss and was fine with it. 
At this point, it was a foregone conclusion. I was beyond having any say-so, having made my last conscious decision when I stepped on the moving platform. As the song High Hopes became louder, I found myself observing empty darkness and remember feeling a bit obstinate. I was in awe of this feeling of no personal self, but also something about my experience wanted to know how all this could be happening. What was going on? I wasn't scared. I wanted more. And then it happened. A voice slash figure that I could not really focus on in the emptiness came to be beside me and began speaking. This entity was much more enlightened than I. I felt like a child in his presence. And the figure in this emptiness of space said to me, so you want to know how everything works. Well then, look for yourself. And right then, as Floyd's song was playing loudly in the background, I observed it was shown a beautiful city of crystal or glass in this black emptiness of the sky. I was looking down at it from above. All the shapes of the city buildings were clear and simple, like glass chess pieces, but with a slightly pink tint. And some of them had pennants or flags on top. And there was an immense wind blowing through the crystal city that was surrounded by space. The energy of the city and the wind that I was hearing had some connection to heaven, but nothing was implicitly said to that effect. I was so in awe that I had goosebumps and at the same time was euphoric. I felt like I had just been let in on a secret. Simply seeing this city let me know that this being was able to juggle the billions of interconnected actions and thoughts of humans. And somehow it was related to this beautiful vision of something grander than our world behind the scenes. I felt as if I was being addressed by God, but the awe I felt was the same as if it were the man behind the curtain of the Wizard of Oz, the architect from the Matrix, or something along those lines. At that point, I was invited to remember what I had seen, even though I could only grasp a small amount of what I had seen, and then went back to my ego. I had tears of joys in my eyes as I opened my eyes and discovered my girlfriend sitting uncomfortably near me. It turns out she had collapsed on the floor just as I had, but instead had visions of hands coming out of the earth to take her under the ground, and it scared her badly. She would never tell me more about it, so to this day, I was wondering if I was given a glimpse of heaven and her of impending hell. Well, that is, that is quite a trip. And I'll just read a very short drug report by It's Death Wish, entitled Ecstasy, Oxycontin, and a Shitload of Weed, My Greatest High Ever. This was about a year and a half ago, and I had a very high tolerance to ecstasy. And even though I didn't like opiates, my tolerance to them was pretty high as well. One OC80 didn't do much, which is why I didn't like opiates. Well, anyway, to the story. I was with four friends, and we decided to do E. So we ended up getting G's up, hose down, or white naked ladies. Me and my friend Pun did three each, and everyone else did two. That was like 10 p.m., so anyway, we started smoking blunt after blunt of haze. And at 10.30, the E starts hitting us, feeling very euphoric, we started blasting some music, and we started talking about random bullshit, how we were going to do this and that. Anyway, from 10.30 to 11, there was nothing really to note other than we were smoking nonstop. So at 11, I decided I want to try something new and talk my friend into doing an OC80 with me. So I took the coating off and crushed it and swallowed. He sniffed his. At 11.20, I started feeling this extreme euphoria. It felt like an orgasm. My eyes were very low, but my pupils were huge. My friend was feeling the same way. Without realizing, for the next hour, me and my friend just sat in chairs talking about random shit. 12.30, I decided to take another OC80 and half an E, and about 20 minutes later was completely fucked out of my mind, but that orgasm feeling was still there. I ended up just talking shit and making up my own language by adding kins to the end of every word and MC to the beginning of every word. I just started out blurting out random shit like hyakins and random curses the rest of the night, like 12.30 to 6 a.m. All I did was lay in my bed talking shit and smoking the blunt when it was passed to me. We had two 
two ounces of haze. At six, I got one of my friends to take me to McDonald's, and we were smoking on the way, and we got to the drive-thru. I knew the girl working there and blew a big cloud of smoke in her and tried to pass her the blunt, which I didn't even realize my friends had to keep telling me what I was doing for me to realize. I must have repeated the words, I'm Haikins, like a hundred times. At like eight, I went to sleep. Woke up at one. No hangover. Best high ever. Sorry if there was not enough detail. And second to last, Robitussin shares in a thread he started entitled, Salvia 80 Times, One Bowl Terror. My friend W packed a pretty big bowl of Salvia 80X. None of my friends ever tried 80X before. The most they did was a decent hit of 60X, which made them trip hard. I went outside his back door, and my other friends, J and C, were there with me too. W was holding the bong so I wouldn't drop it, and the second he started torching it with his torch lighter, I cashed the bowl. Barely. And then I cleared it too. I was holding it in there for about 40 seconds. I don't remember blowing it out. And then the world turned into darkness. My friend C recorded it from there, so I could see it when I was sober. What my friends saw and what I saw from the video, I let out the smoke, and my face has no lifelike look to it. My eyes shut, and I start to stumble towards the wall. J and W were trying their hardest to hold me up, since I was dead weight mostly. They helped me walk inside with my arms over their shoulders and my feet doing a sort of walking motion. I flung myself away from them and stumble. W tries to catch me and then drops me and I face plant into the arm of the couch and collapse. W props me up next to the couch and my mouth opens a little bit then I start yelling for about two seconds. Then I was moving around on my knees and knocking things over and then I stopped every few seconds and yelled with an expression of 100% fear and panic. I stopped and climbed onto the arm of the couch and finally sat on the couch. My friends were standing in front of me and I started to make noises in a loud voice of sounding like yelling. I finally started to look as if I understood what they were saying and I said something like, need to car take me gone. Then I got in C's car and listened to music while I was coming down and kept saying, I'm gonna be like forever in a garbled tone. I finally sobered up after that. What I saw, blackness. I just remember blackness. I had no connection to my body at all. I was quickly flung into another reality. I had no idea where I was, who I was, what I was, or anything. I saw two shapes in the distance that zoomed up really fast until they were a few feet away from me. They looked like hundreds of pieces of colorful metal all crunched up into two diamond shapes. I did not know how to talk or what even talking was. All I knew was that these two weird diamond shapes were my only way out of the dimension. I remember hearing noises and my friends talking, but I had no idea. But they were only confusing me more. I remember trying to move and trying to communicate, but that's when I guess I was yelling and knocking things over because I knew I would be lost in this other dimension forever. I was frightened to death. I felt empty. I started to see colors in the room again, even though now it just looked like a jumbled mess with two diamonds, which were now a line in the thin air. I could now begin to understand that diamonds were in fact my friends, but I still felt on the verge of insanity. I calmed down a little bit and started trying to speak, which made no sense to anyone. After about two minutes of this, I finally got my friends to understand I wanted to leave. I could now see where I was and who I was. I was still very confused and just wanted to leave. I stumbled out into the car and was afraid this empty feeling would last forever. I sobered up in the car completely after about 10 minutes. Now that I think about it, it was cool, but something I would not like to experience again at such a high dose. Care replies, Salvia trip reports are always interesting to me as it's probably the psychedelic I've gone the furthest with. I've always wanted to videotape myself on it, because when watching my friends do it, any hearing them they relay what they saw, there is a huge discrepancy between what they are actually doing and what they experience. Such a mindfuck of a drug. And in yet another trip report, in this endless podcast of trip reports, Rangers writes in a thread he entitled, MDPV Experienced Smoked Supercrack. So, I decided to try smoking MDPV. 
I rig up crack. Wait, I have to look that up. <laughs> and since I didn't know what MDPV is, it is a psychoactive drug with stimulant properties, which acts as a norepinephrine dopamine reuptake inhibitor, reportedly with four times the potency of Ritalin or Concerta. MDPV has no history of FDA-approved medical use, but has been sold since 2007 as a research chemical. There we go. Now we know what that is. Okay. So I decided to try smoking MDPV. I rig up a crack-slash-meth-style pipe and put some in and take a few hits. Nearly instantly, you feel fucking good. Hard to describe. Best comparison, in my opinion, is crack. This rushy feeling, however, lasts about 30 minutes, and then settles into a normal MDPV high instead of crashing. With repeated dosing, it gets more and more intense. It laid my girlfriend out in my bed, eyes rolling back in pleasure for some 40 minutes after hitting the pipe all day, then taking one nice huge hit. It's fairly fiendy, but the come down isn't really bad, so much as you want the good feeling again. The smoke is vile and makes me gag, but it's worth it in my opinion, Zymot replies. I have taken MDPV, oral, snorted, smoked, and while the initial rush is indeed wonderful, especially snorted or smoked, I find the come down is so dysphoric that it just isn't worth it. Actually, this goes for pretty much all stimulants for me, except modafinil, which is provigil. The reason I keep doing them from time to time is the vague longing for some super special fun time, and once that kicks in, there we go. This is a one-way street to more, 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 till the inevitable crash sooner or later. Great for extended sex sessions indeed, though. Tryptamine Dreamer replies, I decided to try smoking MDPV a while back. I had no trouble keeping my use under control when snorting and eating it. I didn't expect smoking it to be so much different. Nearly one gram of MDPV didn't last long after that. I'd smoke a little bit every few minutes. I'd tell myself that this will be the last hit, then I'll stop for the day slash night. I'd do that many times before actually stopping. I continued to smoke it until the effects, side effects became unpleasant and scary enough that I was forced to stop. I had a week with little sleep because I'd start smoking MDPV as soon as I got home and continued to do so for hours at a time, sometimes not quitting until after 2 a.m. I'm surprised I didn't have a heart attack or stroke. My heart rate got quite high at times, and I imagine my blood pressure did too. Upon typing this message, I've gotten a sudden urge to smoke MDPV again, really wishing I had some. I don't, and that is probably a good thing. I'll probably end up getting more later, though. I'll be sure to get some clonidine or tizanidine first so I can have something to keep my blood pressure down. It would be far too dangerous for me otherwise. I won't allow myself to have MDPV without an alpha blocker to take with it. Jimity writes, On my birthday weekend, I decided to give smoking PV a go when snorting it wasn't giving me the buzz I wanted. I must have smoked it for three days straight. The euphoria it gave me was utterly insane. I am glad I ran out, though, because I would have kept going for a lot longer. I won't let my friends do it, though. It looks, sounds, and feels fucking depraved. Only for special occasions. And Tryptamine Dreamer did actually get a hand, get his hand some, on some and, and writes in, Been smoking on and off since noon. Giving into each desire would make me OD even with clonidine. It is similar but less difficult to smoke than dimethocaine, which is stronger than MDPV and somewhat more euphoric. Can't say it's like crack, but I want more, more, more. I'm going to try to make Freebase with 250 to 300 milligrams, and I hope I failed last time because I tried making 20 to 40 grams milligrams at a time in a spoon. It still works if you fuck up, but not as well snorted, which hurts. Plugging up a well-mixed solution, keeping possible extra weight from baking soda, might make it work like snorted, both ways similarly intense and fast starting. Time to get started and have one or two hits followed by five, 250 milligrams Primadonna Phenobarbital Pro Drug. 
100 milliliters. What the fuck? Oh, my God. Anyway, time to get started and have one to two hits followed by 250 milligrams prima donna fenobalbital pro drug, 100 milligrams Seroquel, 1 milligram Risperidone, maybe 50 milligrams Terazodone, two or three Phenazepam, and maybe 25 to 50 milligrams Thorazine. Though I think I'll save it in case I'm unable to sleep a third time. Accompanied by gabapentin and another 120 milligrams of Seroquel. Maybe two or three replaced by two or four milligrams Odesibethylria odol snorted. Only if I feel my breathing fine since the sleeping pills will have some respiratory depressing slowing effects and be bad with opiates. I doubt but don't know how antipsychotics or the weak ones affect it, but the phenobarbital, phenazepam, and odesimethyl probably affect a lot together and all at once might be too much. Then clonidine and my beta blocker slow heart rate and BPASODO some inst. Now I'm making freebase to see if it works and is worth doing. Hope it's better than HCL, but it could make me fuck up. Back first days of smoking, I'll DP it after my heart was pounding and my blood rushing so fast I was anxious. Two, three, maybe five more eyeballed hit a then felt too bad and scared. If first six to ten hits are beater freebase, I will stop when or before it gets real bad and keep going till dead or unconscious. I have smoked myself sick with current batches 3.5 to 150 300 milligrams used at most. I think I'll see if any can make the freebase. I probably can do it simple to them without much markup. Maybe get one to start carrying 4-MEO-PCP more cheaper. Ethylom and some of Shulgin's creations are interesting and made very Klosvern importing. If the <laughs> if the procedure and prices for making precursors are similar, might as well make it. I hope I get though to someone who'd da more OPA disassociatives. HU-2211, grow a bigger brain, staying stoned, and one milligram equals 500 to 1,000 doses, or any of the psychs once common or never common. Wow, that was a really hilariously uh, ridiculous post, because, <laughs> boy, that guy's brain function really fell apart there. Well, that's going to have to do it. For this episode of Lou Reed's The Blue Light.ru Trip Reports Forum. I hope you've enjoyed hearing these stories of people's dalliances with drugs, be they good or bad. I don't condone you trying any of these drugs. Don't say Coke or Freebase, unless you got some and are willing to share. I just want to let everyone know that I did not actually write any of these trip reports. Well, certainly I could write a trip report or two. I'm no nerd when it comes to drugs. Come on, guys. You know me. I'm cool. I'm not a fed or anything. I'm not, uh... <laughs> what would make you think that I'm working with the police? But seriously, can anyone hook me up with a lot of cocaine? Thanks again, everyone, for listening all the way through to the end of this week's Lou Reads. And if you're a first-time listener, or haven't done so already, please join the Facebook group. Just search Facebook for Lou Reads, or go to theloureads.com and click on the little button there. And make sure to do all your voting and comment writing at iTunes and all those things to show how much you love me. But remember, it's not that you love me so much, it's that you love the internet and all of its horrible, horrible debauchery. Oh, and make sure you go to Lou Reads anyway, because I, I think I put a pretty funny picture up in relation to this podcast. And if there's a forum that you particularly think that I should be visiting, 
make sure that you just drop me a note either on the Facebook fan page or email me at loureads at gmail.com. And I'll get back to you. People who have emailed me there know that I correspond quite easily with people because I have too much time on my hands. All right. This has been Lou for Lou Reads, the internet for you. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.